0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catches. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Up. Now, let's take a look at what's going on in Tiffany's World. The same fun with TB's timeout on the morning shift. Brought to you by maximumcashhomebuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call
2: 678-902-2000.
1: Rob triple in for uh, Tiffany and gentlemen, we have an interesting uh this day in history. A lot of interesting thing happened. This day, 1936, the first ever NFL draft and who was that first pick? None other than the first guy to ever win the Heisman Trophy, uh, Jay Burwanger. He was selected by the Eagles. His rights were sold to Chicago. Never played a down in the NFL. Were they the
3: Staley's back then, the, the Chicago team? I, mean, I feel like that's uh... Uh,
1: I think they were the Bears
4: at that point. Wait, what did he do? Did he go, like, play He went, uh... he
1: went and played rugby, started his own business... And also became a Big Ten official. Did a bunch of those games and a couple of Rose Bowls as well. Really? really? So there was, yeah. Did you say he was a Heisman winner? Yeah, yeah. The, first one, the first one, the first ever.
3: Yeah, boy, that's
1: first ever that's draft awesome. pick, first ever Heisman winner. Didn't play in the NFL.
4: <laughs> Remember, the Heisman didn't have Nissan commercials back then, so yeah, no. <laughs> there was that's no Heisman house. Can you
3: imagine? I mean, like, I mean, I'm just trying to think
4: of in terms of right now. Just pick out a Heisman winner. Can you
3: imagine, like? Uh, I don't know, Desmond Howard like yep. doing uh, you know being the Big Ten official. It's like, uh, no,
1: nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to learn learn how to code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine Mark Ingram being like, first down. Well, of course, back then, if you were a good player, you played both ways. Oh, for sure. And there was this certain uh, guy that played center for the Michigan Wolverines and Burwanger just inflicted a, a big gash on his face. That guy was uh, Gerald Ford, who of course, later became a president. And i uh, he said in his latter days, Daryl Ford said, I think about Jay Berwanger every day when I shave because he still had that scar from wow. what Burwinger inflicted on wow. him. This day in 1963, Dallas Texans become the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. How about this? I thought this was almost a, a joke and, and kind of a, a troll. 1986 NBA slam dunk competition. We heard all week about Spud Webb at five foot seven. What does he do? He goes out there and it, it was nothing. It's probably one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. A guy like a five foot seven guy winning the NBA Slam Dunk Springs in his legs. It, it was it was crazy. That's crazy.
4: Yeah, when when uh, to go back to the Dallas Texans thing when Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys, they had had only one coach in their history. That was Tom Landry. Uh, Tom
1: Landry, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a. That was a thing. Dude came in and fired and brings in Jimmy Johnson. They struggled big time until the Herschel Walker trade, where I think they got.
4: They're still getting draft picks. They're
1: still getting draft picks for the Herschel Walker trade, which is a stroke of genius by uh, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, sir. one in 15 that first year. One in 15. A lot of people are starting to have doubts about. Troy Aikman too. Uh-huh. Troy Aikman was having doubts about. Was it? Wasn't, Troy Aikman had to be embalmed
4: after every game, basically. Wasn't Steve Walsh on that on that team? I think the, he the was. Quarterback? Yeah. The, or they yep. drafted Steve Walsh yep. the next year. Like it was a whole quarter. People forget there was a little bit of a quarterback controversy with Aikman and Walsh at there some was. point in time. Yeah, a little bit of time. I read, I read uh, that Dallas Cowboy book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Interesting story about Troy Aikman. Of course, he initially was at Oklahoma. Jimmy Johnson tried. Jimmy Johnson was uh, at Oklahoma State at the time. Tried to get Troy. Troy goes to Oklahoma, then Troy goes to uh, UCLA,
4: but then, of course, he ended up back together. Was Barry Switzer at Oklahoma? He He was. was, He was. And they were were not going to move off of that uh, wishbone option offense that they ran back then, and that was one of the reasons that Troy transferred to UCLA.
1: And you know how quarterback is the most scrutinized position as far as prospects go. They poke and prod. If you read Troy Aikman's draft evaluation, it was almost perfect. Perfect. As far as his command and everything else and just, the of course, his arm and just his leadership. And a good story is um, – I forgot who it was. I think it was uh, Daryl Johnson. He was talking about, you know, there's a lot of big personalities in that huddle in Dallas. You know, Michael Irvin and all, all the guys. You you know, I'm open. Throw me the ball. Everybody's chirping, chirping, chirping in the huddle. Troy Aikman comes to the huddle. Dead quiet. You are a pin
3: drop. That's, that's how much uh,
1: respect he uh, commanded right there.
3: Yeah. So a lot. Isn't, it, isn't it funny thinking, thinking back – I think we're almost—we almost have too much of a light shed on the draft at this point, as far as quarterbacks go. If you think back to the conversations we were having uh, just under a year ago about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Levis and everybody else in that in that draft, and you know the the things start leaking out about C.J. Stroud's testing, and in the end, you know that usually only one, maybe two of those guys that are first round quarterbacks are going to be good, and you're just trying to guess which one of them's going to be. I think a lot of people at the end of that process would have said C.J. Stroud might have been the least likely. You know, just under a year ago, it felt like C.J. Stroud was slipping and falling, and maybe he's going to fall to the middle of the round. And yet, he went off this year. Oh, yeah. It's just all about the situation.
4: Well, you and, you and abs- we absolutely overanalyze things these days. I mean, we
1: and they still don't get it right a lot of yeah. times
4: too. Well, it, it's like Drake May. Like I, I told you, the Drake May stuff is. Well, you know, he didn't have a great year. Well, the team wasn't as good. Yeah, but yeah, but no, no, he he wasn't as good. Like we start, whatever you think he will or won't be. We overanalyze these players to the extent we're doing it with Caleb. Some people were doing it with Caleb Williams too. I don't know, man. I, I why I didn't he win more in college? I don't. Well, I didn't like he, didn't, he I didn't like his, his fingernails being painted. I didn't like he didn't go to that press. Like we scrutinize every little thing and it in these teams don't think these teams don't do it as well and just a mild
1: indiscretion you want fans want to give them the death penalty for it you know that's yeah. what i'm saying there's too there's
3: too many eyes on these situations where they you know if everybody thinks they're an insider they're, there's so much money to be had as far as nfl coverage and things like that go and and everybody wants to be the first to have this take or this pick or whatever this is going to be the guy this guy's going to jump up this guy's going to fall it, dude, it's it's about everything surrounding these guys. What is the scheme? What is the situation? good? And now, the thing is, now a guy like C.J. Stroud, who has that success in his back pocket, now all of a sudden, things like you're talking about, like Troy Aikman, now all of a sudden, you get in a huddle. Let's say they draft somebody, you know, a, a running back this year. You get in the huddle, and you're looking at C.J. Stroud going, I'm going to listen to C.J. Stroud. Yep. Right? It's a snowball effect where all of a sudden, those guys have a little success. You count on them. They're the consistent in your life. And you're gonna look at them well, and give them the utmost respect.
4: You always know you you've got to – if you're if you're having a conversation or debate, you always know that you've won the conversation or the guys running out of things to say. He goes, yeah, but he's a winner. Oh, yeah, he's a winner. Look, I used to, he just wins. Uh, he's a you know, winner. Oh, Okay, all right, there we go. Tim Tebow is a winner. Yeah, there,
3: listen, there was a lot of people in Carolina that said that last year when you when you drafted Bryce Young. Well, he's a winner. Well. Eh, I would have liked so they. Much.
4: I would like they would have talked more about the intelligence factor, the football IQ that Bryce Young had. I, I, look, don't just Bryce Young to me. You don't. He's an unknown, but he could. Don't be surprised if he doesn't have a Trevor Lawrence type year two. To where if he gets there, if, if he, if Dave Canales is the right coach, and I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, and go in a playoff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying. If he figures it out, it, 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 it it's not all about him just figuring it out and the game slowing down. It has a lot to do with the situation. There was a lot of turmoil around him last year. Well, you, 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 ironically enough,
3: the the thing that Bryce Young needs more than anything is what Carolina traded away to actually get him to Carolina, and that's a DJ Moore. And he needs that elite wide receiver, that St. That Brown kind of guy, the Debo kind of guy that you can get the ball out now and you can make something happen. And
4: well, uh, that's what he's going to need over there if he's going to be successful in the long run. Saw my draft had them getting Lad McConkey in the second round with their first pick in the second round. A lot of
1: people are thinking uh, Lad kind of uh, may have vaulted himself into day one.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some
0: time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.
2: I
4: love Latin McConkie. I, I, I I think the, the, the injury
3: concerns there, I, I, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for t- to sell anybody on that when he, you know, he had the ups and downs at the back. I'm a huge fan of his as well. I just don't know that with those injury concerns that you're going to think uh, you know, top-round pick.
1: Have you known guys that are seemingly injury-prone early in their qu- career and then they finally got to a point where they could stay healthy? Or once injured, always injured, well, always a propensity well, to get Christian, injured.
4: Christian McCaffrey yeah. I'm, I'm came good, out I'm hot. I'm not a good guy to ask that. <laughs> yeah, but, but look, Christian McCaffrey came out red-hot. And then for, what, three years, guy could not – he signs a new contract as he's starting to have him. And then the next two years, he can't stay healthy. Wasn't overly healthy the in the beginning of last year. Then they uh, – in 23 – 22, excuse me. And then they traded him to San Francisco. And you ever heard a peep out of him about health? Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden now he's this healthy guy that's playing. Well, blind. you know why?
1: Because he's he doesn't have to touch the ball 50 times a game. Well, There's a no, lot to be said for that. That's he a very good to, point. He was a guy in Carolina. Very Here's good what point. I'll
3: tell you all. A lot of people don't understand about these kind of situations, though. A lot of this has to do with your trainer. Like, the expectations that your trainer is setting. Uh, and, and when you get in these settings with these athletic trainers, some of them are just straight up more aggressive. Like, hey, you'll be back in six weeks. Where there are some trainers that maybe haven't been in the league very long. Maybe they're kind of watching their own back. Maybe they don't want to be on the hook for a $20 million player who might, you know, might get re-injured in two months. Maybe the team is, you know, two and four at the time when you pull a hamstring, and they're going, nah, buddy, you're out three months. You You ain't touching the field. So... I think you get to a place like San Francisco, you get a good trainer around yep. a good team, and all of a sudden he wants to compete and wants to be back that much more. And the trainer's like, "You know what, man? If you if you want to test it out in four weeks, you can do that." A lot of that goes into a lot of the decision making process for a guy like Christian.
4: You say trainer, but how much of that has to do with not only the trainer, but look at the other side, and you're a per person talk about this: the conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach, huge. the nutritionist, right? All those things, don't they play a factor in that as well? There's no doubt about that. And the, the
3: strength and conditioning coach is such a big part of, especially for the muscle things, right? like you talk about groins or, or obliques or anything like that. Strength and conditioning coach will play a massive part into getting those guys
1: back right. All right. And on this day in 1981, a guy named Mike, Peter, Bill, and Michael got together in Smyrna. REM, first appearance together in a studio, Bombay Studios, in Smyrna, whatever happened to those guys? They make any. <laughs> thing I don't for know.
4: I think, I think one of them opened <laughs> some kind of restaurant in Athens or something. That's Who knows? Maybe a bar. Who knows?
1: <laughs> college soundtrack for me, man. This is this really is
4: college for me. Yeah, all, alternative music, absolutely. This was. You um, think about it. this is a little bit out of its out of the ordinary for that that frame. I feel like. So Like, this this music never really went away. Like, what they've done is people are still kind of doing this. Oh, of course.
1: You know, they're trailblazers in a lot of ways. That's
4: what I mean. Like, you know, this survived the whole grunge, the whole hair band. Well, you know who liked R.E.M.? Kurt Cobain. Loved R.E.M.
1: He and Michael Stipe were, uh, were great friends, actually.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catches. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.